Well, good morning, Soma family. Morning, everyone. It is a joy and a privilege to be with you this morning. Yeah, and we are the last of the uh, elders and wives to be able to speak with you this morning. Actually, batting cleanup today, and so um, <laughs> there's a lot of pressure on us, son, to uh, to come through here. Yeah, and for those of you that know me know that this is way outside of my comfort zone and um, but I I'm grateful to be here with you all this morning um, we are in our living room this is a casual space to be and so um, here we go yeah well as you know the other elders and their wives have, have gone and they've spoken on things on emotions gratitude abiding in Christ and, and even hope and and uh, for us as we've looked back We've really seen how God has, uh, as we've encountered him this year, it's really been a year of lows and highs, mm -hmm. some little and some very significant for us. And um, what's been great to notice um, is in Janet at the beginning of the year, I think it was the beginning of this year, yeah. started keeping uh, our prayer journal. And as we've looked back, we've really seen that kind of theme throughout. We've struggled or had some disappointments, but then God's come and we've seen him in the details of really giving us something to be joyful for. And um, it's it's been wonderful. So whatever that that thing or uh, that we've gone through, maybe you've gone through, for us, um, we were in it, but then not for long. And God has given us something to be really joyful and, and happy about. Yeah, 2020, I mean, we um, experienced the highs and lows like everyone else. Started and, out and great, though. I, yeah, I would say 2020 started out excellent for us. We were able to go to Hawaii um, over the new year with our family. Fantastic. Um, vacation we were looking forward to. It was kind of a Christmas gift for all of us. And I mean, it was wonderful. We had yeah. a great time and um, I'm grateful that that's how our year yeah. got to start out. Yeah. Because great. then we came home and there was yeah, this murmurings of COVID and um, I wasn't super scared yet because it seemed so far away. So it wasn't anything that I was um, too fearful of. And then it came into our state. We were the first area. And that's when, you know, it was like, wow, wow. this is yeah. this is big. And where life kind of started um, amping up and our governor um, started shutting, shutting down. Yeah. And that was essential. like, in, yeah, in March. Yep. And, and then it, it really took hold of us because my job changed yep. um, significantly. At, at first I got to come home and um, for me, uh, coming home and, you know, we um, don't have a bunch of little kids running around. And so for me to be able to not have to go into the office, which is for me about an hour, hour and 15 minutes away, saved me two to even three hours a day in commute. So that was a great thing. Didn't you calculate that? Yeah, it was like. Since COVID began, it's like 440 hours that he got, that back. got back. So mm -hmm. really a good thing. Yeah. But then as uh, that lasted for a few weeks, uh, for the first time in our company's history, um, we started to decline rapidly in sales. We Most of our products that, uh, that we sell at, in our company are sold through just little mom and pop stores, um, throughout the whole country. And of course those got shut down. And so our sales for the first time ever tanked. 
And so um, the leadership and the management team decided that they had to make some cuts. Otherwise, um, we don't know where our company would be today. And so we laid off 25% of our employees, which is a big hit. It's a small company, so. Yeah, yeah. And in my particular um, um, part of the company, I'm a graphic designer, and we laid off three other graphic designers out of the six. And uh, thank God that I wasn't part of that. Mm -hmm. But it was really hard, you know. Uh, some of those designers I've been working with for a long time, and to see them go in such a rapid um, mm -hmm. uh, event was really hard. I felt bad for them. I felt bad for their families and how they were going to do it. So, um, so great that I still had a job, but really a bummer that um, some of the, the families um, were going to suffer this. And I also got my pay cut because um, we all decided in order to survive as long as well as with the last, but we all had to take a pay cut. Mm -hmm. And then again, another blessing because um, I wasn't going to lunch, I wasn't commuting, I wasn't, we weren't going out to dinner, so our expenses weren't as high, so our budget was able to maintain even though my salary so got provided. So we could that. see it in that mm -hmm. even though it was a bummer to have that happen. And then for you. For me, so those of you that don't know, I am a hairstylist and I get to work from home, so that wasn't a problem, but my business was shut down and um, for the first time in my life, I was um, able to get unemployment, which was, it felt weird and good at the same time. Um, it was hard because I was missing being with people, to be honest. And, um, but the good was that God really provided uh, a, my salary. Um, I don't bring in a ton of money, but I provide for the groceries and some, yeah. some things in our home. Extras, I guess, yeah. maybe. And um, that never skipped a beat. So we were able to continue to do that. So there's the grateful piece for that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, once again, these are huge things, yeah. but they're, they're things that have disrupted our lives. Um, and there was lots of other little things like... Oh, I mean, just, I mean, being with people face to face. Right. We're stuck on Zoom and, and, and or just simply phone calls. That's not really our thing, yeah. like we were saying. Like uh, we would much rather have a cup of coffee with one of you or several mm -hmm. of you in our living room and, and dinners. And so it was really um, kind of depressing, you know. Right. And just kind of learning was. some new ways to, you know, move from day to day. And How did God redeem that? Well, I think... For me, one of the fun ways was we started playing Five Crowns, which is a card game, silly, with about, fun. I think it was six other couples mm -hmm. um, from church. So yeah. those of you that played, you know, you who, know you who you are. Yeah. And um, it was really fun because we were able to play alone, but then we turned in our scores and and the, the yeah, winner would get some kind of little prize. You know, hopefully the next day yeah. we'd sneak it to their house. And yeah, and as time went on, um, it was pretty much me losing every time and then going and buying somebody else a gift every yeah. time. So it was, uh, but it was still fun. And um, I think the, another significant part about us uh, being kind of isolated and not being with people was we really rekindled our relationships mm -hmm. with some of our dear friends. Yeah. Yeah. They have a um, home uh, in Sun River. River, and we spent I don't know three or four times there for several days, mm -hmm. and it was just good to be there. It was an escape for us. We yeah. felt safe 
Um, yet we were really able to, like Steve said, um, gain back uh, just some loss from that relationship. So God yeah. really redeemed that. Yeah, and that was cool. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. And then of course we went to micro MCs, which I think really helped us to be face to face and got to meet some new folks that are an MC, which mm -hmm. is which is great. And so that was that's been a bonus as opposed to you know the negative of being isolated like mm -hmm. that. Um, and there was a few, a lot, a few other, you know, other yeah, little things. Our son turned twenty-one. We had, we, you know, we missed. Um, I mean, birthdays. There's drive-by birthdays, yeah. and that was fun. And but you know, there's, there's, you miss just being with people. Yeah. But the birthdays ended up being fun. You know, the drive-bys were kind of a fun. Unique thing, something we will never forget. Yeah. And then there's. Two of our, and we'll spend um, a big chunk of time talking about the, the, the last two. And these were more significant events that happened for us in 2020. Um, one of them was uh, Lily's birth, and then the other would have been my father's passing. So, yeah. So the highest high and lowest low. low. And um, Lily's birth is, you know, she's our first grandchild that was born. Um, we knew and anticipated this for 2020, so it was something that we were eagerly looking forward to. Yeah. And, um, and that didn't look like... It didn't look no. the way we thought it was going to look. I thought I was going to be able to go with Samantha to some of her doctor's appointments, and I was going to be with... The plan was to be with her when she gave birth. And, and that um, was never my plan. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so that didn't happen, but, you know, thank goodness for FaceTime, we were able to see sweet... Lily Jane minutes after she was born so you know good came out of the yeah. hard and I know that doesn't seem hard for others but that was really hard for me yeah yeah and obviously um, the birth of um, our granddaughter healthy happy seeing our our kids um, around her seeing Samantha uh, being a new mom and um, the uncles yeah and it's just uh, it just eclipsed all um, all the negatives that could have been and God just filled it with joy because it was so much better uh, than I could have ever imagined as I'm sure anybody out there that's listening that has grandparent uh, that has grandchildren knows that it is it's just fantastic yeah and if so, you don't know we live in a space where they literally live like next, next door so yeah. we walk over to about five feet to see Lily every day and so that has been the greatest joy yeah, um, yeah. God. even God working to have us in this house that's connected to them, uh, to be uh, there for them and uh, share that is yeah, even spectacular. No. Yeah. Uh, but, so then the hard part, yeah. the hardest, most difficult time of our life was um, the passing of Steve's dad. And why don't you share a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, as you can imagine, there's there's quite the opposite. You know, that's where we we've seen this pattern of uh, of struggle and uh, difficult things. But then God gives us something to be uh, happy, praiseworthy, and joyful about. And and um, there's the birth, and then there's the death. And uh, my dad had been um, um, getting. Uh, Sicker, uh, is that a word? Sicker. He's been getting more ill um, as of late, and uh, his kidneys were beginning to fail. And he had to make the decision to either go on dialysis. Uh, he's how old was he? Eighty-seven. 
Um, and he was either going to make the decision to go on dialysis, but he would have to be at, a, at the hospital doing these appointments like four hours a day, and then on his days off, he's probably recovering. And it may or may not extend his life, or he would just take medication to help hopefully prolong his life, and he made the decision not to do the dialysis. And, and, I think, and that was hard. Yeah. That was a hard decision for our whole family, but we supported yeah. him. Yeah, and it was something that he needed to do, and, yeah. and we... You know, of course, I want my father around as long as I could. Um, and uh, even with that, uh, we felt like we had a, another good year. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought that uh, we would have another birthday and another, we had some traditions that we've done throughout the years that I'd be able to do that. And then uh, it really came quick. Probably mm -hmm. from the time that he made that decision to the time he passed was probably only a couple of Just months. Couple months yeah. And it was was really tough. Um, I remember getting um, a phone call uh, the morning that my father passed away and it was one of the nurses that was helping and being with my father because he had already been um, at the hospital uh, actually in a long care facility and said you know your your dad's breathing has been difficult and if you want to see him um, you should come up and spend some time with him because it doesn't look good. And I remember hanging up the phone and um, it was just devastating news. Like you can kind of be prepared, as I'm sure some of you know, um, that death is imminent, right? He's but older. He's yeah, he's, he's had a good life. Uh, but I, I just... It just hit me hard, and I was angry. And where we live, I have the, the blessing of having some water and a beach out front. Well, not directly out front, but so I decided to go for a walk because I was just, um, I was kind of undone. And as I was walking on the beach, um, I was angry. Um, I was angry. I was um, just broken. Uh, I was sad, I was, you know, devastated, and I really just kind of yelled at, 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 with my emotions. And what I remember, and I think is poignant, is that um, I felt God's presence, for sure, in that moment. I felt God was with me, and He comforted me, and basically said, um, I can handle it. Let it out. Be angry. Be sad. Whatever you need, um, I, I can take it because I'm with you. And that was really a, a, a special time. We live in a broken world. And, and I think Jesus knows that death isn't supposed to be that way. Um, our world is broken. And to know that Jesus lives in me and comforts me um, enabled me to um, be able to go on the rest of the day because... I had, uh, I had things that I had to do. I had to call my mom. I had to call my dad or my brother. Um, and, and so we all went to be with my yeah. dad. And you had to be the, the older yeah, brother. Yeah, I'm the baby. And so usually I'm more the funny guy and I don't have to deal with this stuff. Yeah. And, and so um, I had to get my stuff together and be responsible. And so that time really allowed me to grieve um, and then move on a little bit. And I remember um, going to the hospital with my mom and um, knowing 
you know, I don't know if my dad was uh, completely coherent. I think he was. Um, he could squeeze our hand when we asked him questions, but he didn't open his eyes. And so, um, you know, my mom said a few things and um, I just laid down next to my dad and got my face right up to his face and told him all about Jesus. And we have had many conversations uh, in the past, but for the most part, um, he's kind of, you know, said, you know, keep th that's great for you, but that's not for me. And, and so it's hard for me to not know where my dad was at, but I do know this, um, that he heard me. And uh, I have kind of the comfort of knowing that if he did hear me, there's a possibility that my dad in that moment would have accepted Jesus Christ. And so um, that comforts me yeah. in that moment. And um, I was reading a story about this, um, and, it, and it kind of relates to this, about this, this man, he was a hymn writer, uh, 1933, same, same year that my dad was born. And his name was Alfred H. Ackley. And he was a theologian, taught uh, theology, but he also wrote hymns. And he wrote this song called, He Lives. And one of his students in his class one day asked him, a Jewish student came up to him and asked him, why should I worship a dead Jew? And as Alfred was thinking about that answer, he said, he lives. He is not dead. He's alive in me today, and not only do I know it because of my experiences, and um, my, but because of the testimony of countless thousands who've also experienced him, as well as what our Bible teaches us and proves. And so, as he struggled through that, he, um, he wrote this hymn, and I, I'd love for Janet to read you these words, because they really captured kind of how I felt. Yeah, okay. It says, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Jesus Christ lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. I love that. Yeah, um, and when I was on that beach and I was walking, um, he couldn't have been more real for me. And personal. And, and personal, and just like, he was my friend at that mm -hmm. moment, and he cared. And um, uh, that's my hope for all of us, that we would recognize that Jesus lives within us, that he is alive, and that he can see us through a huge significant loss, that he's worthy of our praise over the birth of a child, and that even in little or um, more insignificant tragedies, loss of a job or pay or just struggles, he's there. Mm -hmm. um, I want to read John 14 uh, because it speaks to this too. And I, I'm going to end with a little bit here. I hope it encourages you. Uh, Janet's going to read John 14, 15 through 21. And then I'll just say a couple things about it. Okay. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells within you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. 
Yet a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live, you will also live. In that day, you will know that I am my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That's good. Yeah. Um, see, this, and, and this part of Scripture, Jesus is... He, he's telling his disciples just a few days um, before he is going to be crucified. And he knows what they're going to be going through. He knows the anguish. He knows that they could be afraid. He knows that they uh, could be uh, just bewildered and not knowing how to go on. And so he gives them this promise. Um, he says in verse 18, uh, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So he gives us a gift in the Holy Spirit to encourage us, to remind us that he lives and that he, he's with us and will, will not um, leave us as orphans, as it says in that verse. Um, and I think what's also awesome about this particular verse and how it encourages me is that this, this gift, this promise of the Holy Spirit that's going to come to us after he rose, um, it's not for everyone. This gift is for those who love him. Um, and it's not for everyone who says, I'm a Christian. It's for everyone who says, I love you. And he says that, verse 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. So this is not for the world. The world doesn't see him or cannot know him. But if you love Jesus, then he's giving you this gift. And this gift of the Holy Spirit will be a reminder to the things that we've spoken about earlier. Um, he dwells in us and he lives with us. Um, Janet and I have been uh, married for 38 years, right? Very good. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I've, I've thought about this illustration when I was a kid, one of the really cool um, I don't know, toys back then, um, maybe you won't think it's that cool, uh, was, uh, it was called a rock tumbler. And it was a device, it had a little motor, and there's a little uh, canister in it, and you put rocks in it, just maybe find on the beach or, or just wherever. You know, certain rocks were better than others, but you put them in there, and these, these rocks, and you put solution in there, it's like a polishing agent and a kind of a sandpaper agent. And these rocks would tumble and it would just go for hours and hours yeah, and right. hours. And the rocks would start off kind of jaggedy and have these little chunks on them. And over time, as they tumbled against each other, they became smooth and really quite beautiful when you took them out. It was quite a process. And I feel like that reminds me that just for us, in the years that we've been married, in the years that we've been following Christ, that we've experienced hardships, that we've experienced both joys and both pain. Mm -hmm. And it's rounded us into um, this thing, this, this life that we've had together that's just really beautiful and full of joy. And it's enabled us, it's built a foundation in us where we love Christ and we know that he's alive because he lives in us and it allows us to just have an anchor to be able to 
uh, to get through all this. Mm -hmm. It even says in, um, for all of us in this 2020, um, where it's been really difficult and probably not going to go away really quickly. It says in, in James uh, 1, 2 through 4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. All this stuff that we've gone through, um, Everyone. all these... Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the passing of my father, the, the loss of some friendships of people that I used to know at my job, uh, cuts in salary, they, they are all those things that are not wasted. And God uses them for us to grow and to get shiny and beautiful like, like the rock. Yeah. And so um, that's what we have. That's what our years look like. I hope that you... Um, know and can see that Jesus loves you and he lives in you. Let me pray. Father God, I praise you and I thank you for the God that you are, that you would send us a gift in the Holy Spirit, that um, you love us so much that you, you sent the Holy Spirit so that we would never be alone, that we would never be orphans. And we can trust in that. We know it because of our experiences with you and we know it because scripture tells us and we know it because of the thousands and countless witnesses that have come before us. Um, and so we thank you for both the joys and the sorrows and what they've, uh, how they've created us and who we are today. May we always trust in you. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.